Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. This morning we're going to talk about discovering God's Word as a treasure, which is, I'm going to give some highlights or a quick overview of the message I gave at youth camp. Uh, but first of all, let's pray, and then we'll start. Lord, we are so grateful for these young men and young women, and all of the young men and young women, children in our church, and we just thank you for them. They are a gift from you, Lord. And we just pray, Lord, please help me this morning to help us to look at your word. Holy Spirit, please open up your word to us and... We pray that you would just give us faith and hope and a love for you and for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as I I said at youth camp, there are are all kinds of stories and movies and even books written about people trying to find a treasure, searching for treasures, and they even risk their lives to find treasures. And one, one of the great things in all these movies is the scene where they find the treasure. So we're going to see just a short clip from a movie called National Treasure in which they discover this scene or this this room full of treasure. So there are all these movies and and there are all there's lots of scenes where they come into these rooms where they're filled with gold coins and and jewels, mountains of jewels and gold statues. And at, at youth camp, I said, what if I told you that somewhere on the campground there's a cave filled with gold coins and diamonds and precious jewels and gold statues, and if you find it, you can keep everything in it. And you have three days at youth camp, and all you need to do is you can look anywhere you want. And I would ask you know, the same question is, what if I told you right now there is a room in this building? And if I, I'll say this to the five, 5K class too. What if I said to you that there's a room in this building that's filled with toys and candy and all kinds of fun things. And if I said, if you find that room in this building, you can have all of it. And you have, you have 30 minutes. And if I said, you can go now, do you think you would go? Go, yeah. You go looking all through the building. Because there's something about treasures that, that we want. Well, there is a real treasure that every single one of us can have. And the greatest treasure of all is Jesus Christ and the Bible in the Bible God says that he is our treasure and every single one of us can have God as our treasure it says in Psalm 16 5 and 6 the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. Well, that's saying when it says the Lord is my chosen portion. The Lord is my beautiful inheritance. That means the Lord is my treasure. And every single one of us can have the Lord Jesus Christ as our treasure. It's not limited to just a few rich people on earth. Every one of us 
can have a treasure that is greater than all the treasures in the world put together. And in Philippians 3.8, the Apostle Paul says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. See, Paul was moving ahead in life. He was getting famous. He was getting well-known. People were respecting Paul. He was getting a reputation. And he says, I don't care about any of that. I count it all as worthless compared to knowing Jesus Christ. So Paul was saying, Jesus is my treasure, and I'll give up everything else on earth to have that. But God gives us another treasure as well, and that is His Word, the Bible, the Scriptures. And this is what we talked about at, at youth camp. God's Word is a treasure. And in Psalm 119, 162, it says, I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil. And great spoil is just another way of saying treasure. And so the psalmist is saying, I rejoice that I have the word of God as if I had a great treasure, great spoil. And then he says, in the way of your testimonies, which is another way of saying God's Word. In the way of your testimonies, Lord, I delight as much as in all riches. And so he's saying, if I, ha I have your testimonies, I have your Word, and that is better to me than all the riches in the world. And King David, who wrote this, I believe, was rich. And he says, then he says, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. What, how, how would that affect us? If, someone, if I said to you, I'll give you a choice. I will give you thousands of gold and silver pieces if you'll just give up ever looking at the Word of God. Or if someone said to David, who said this, he said, your, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. If, if, if someone said to King David, who at the time would have been rich, 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 and he's, if someone said to him, David, I will give you $50 billion if you will never read the Bible again. If you will never listen to the Bible, if you will never go to hear the Bible talked about in a church, if you will just have nothing to do with God's Word again, I will give you $50 billion. David would say, are you kidding? Get out of here. You can't even put a price on God's Word. It's more valuable than all the riches in the world. It gives me more joy and happiness than all the riches in the world. And so in Psalm 119.127, he says, Therefore I love your commandments above gold, above fine gold. And as I was preparing this and I was studying this, I was thinking, boy, before I knew about the Bible, I, I just didn't know this. I would have thought of the Bible like, well, 
you know, it's a book about stories. You know, it's got all these stories in it, like, you know, Noah and the ark, and the story of Israel marching around the city of Jericho, blowing trumpets and the walls falling down. Oh, yeah, the story about Jesus, you know. But I, I would not have thought about God's Word as a treasure. I wouldn't have looked at the Bible as more valuable than anything I could get in this world. I just would have thought of it maybe like a storybook. Or I said, maybe, maybe I, I thought of it at times kind of like maybe an instruction manual, a book of you know, detailed instructions on how we're supposed to live. You know, it's, I, I don't know about you, but I hate instruction manuals. I, I hate it when, when I buy something and then I take out, and it, I open the box and it's not put together, and I take out this sheet and it says, take part A and insert it into part C, then turn it here, and the print is so small you can't even see it, and it's complicated, the, yeah, like these things. I, I can't stand these things. I, I hate these kinds of things. And that's kind of how I used to sort of think about the Bible. It's just this boring book of all these detailed instructions. and oh, I just don't, but that's not what it is. It's a treasure. God gives us his word as a treasure so that we can experience Him and have the most joy in Him and love Him and have the most wonderful life we can have in Him. Well, how is God's Word a treasure? Well, first of all, God's Word is a treasure because God Himself speaks to us through His Word. I mean, think about this. The Creator of the universe, the one who created the galaxies, the one who holds the whole universe in place, speaks to you personally and to me through His Word. He speaks to us. When I first became a Christian, I thought, God, you got to be so busy running the whole universe. You, well, what, you're not going to have, you won't hear my prayers and you wouldn't speak to me. And then I went to a prayer meeting and I was sitting next to someone they were talking to Jesus personally like they knew Him. And the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. It was like, this person is talking to the Creator of the universe like He's His friend. And God wants to speak to you. God wants to... It's not just like God speaks to the whole church. He wants to speak to you personally, individually. And He does that through His Word. And there have been times where, you know, and I, I generally, if I, I don't always think to pray beforehand, but if I say, Lord, please speak to me through Your Word, he, he does. And in God's Word, when He speaks to us, He tells us what He is like. God's Word reveals what God is like. He is loving he is good. He's merciful and kind. You know, we can tell a lot about God. The Bible says we can see by looking at the universe and by looking at nature that we can tell that God is powerful. We can tell that God is creative. A couple weeks ago in Kids Cove, we made 17-year locusts. Anybody remember that? 
That's just to show how creative God is. When I was catching up, I was catching these locusts on my street. I'd pick it up in my hands. I'd look at this locust, and it had its black body and its red eyes, and it would start fluttering its wings. And I'd look at that, and I would think to myself, this thing was in the ground for 17 years. And then it came out. And, and that tells me, just looking at that, tells me a lot about there's got to be a God. How could this bug stay in the ground 17 years and then know when to come out? And so we can learn a lot about God by looking at nature. But you know what? We can't learn everything about God by looking at nature. If I go th for a walk in White's Woods and I look at a, a massive tree, I can say, wow, God is creative and powerful. But looking at a tree or looking at nature, you can't tell that God is loving. You can't tell that God is merciful. How do I know by looking at nature that God is merciful when there are things like tsunamis that hit and, and giant tidal waves that wa wipe out towns? How can I tell by looking at nature, like if I look at a tornado or something like that, how would I know that God is loving? How can I look at a tree, even a massive sequoia tree, I could say, wow, God, God is powerful to create that. But how would I know God is holy and hates sin and that God how can I know that God must make us holy through his son Jesus see we can't understand anything apart we can't understand everything about God just by looking at nature it's through his word the treasure of God's word when we open up God's word we say wow Lord I didn't know you were like that I didn't know you were so loving. You know, the, the, God's Word is a treasure because it, it tells us how to be saved and how to have eternal life. Only in God's Word, only in the Bible do we see that Jesus Christ, God Himself, became a man and lived a sinless life of perfect obedience to His Father. And then, even though He was sinless and and perfect, God placed all our sins upon Jesus as if Jesus had done my sins and committed our sins. And then Jesus died on the cross and paid for our sins and then rose from the dead so that He can give us, when we believe in Him and trust in Him and call on Him and turn to Him and turn from our sins and turn to Jesus, the Bible says He gives us salvation as a free gift we could never know that apart from the bible from god's word and there's all kinds of other religions who don't have the bible and they have all kinds of other ways that they say well here's how you get to heaven you try to be good all your life and you try to do more good things that outweigh all the bad things and it's just impossible to know that salvation is a free gift through jesus and what he did apart from the bible that's another reason it's a treasure. And God's Word is a treasure because He tells us how to live our lives. He tells us, how, he tells us things that seem crazy in the Bible. But it's because they are contrary to everything the world says. You know, I, I've, 
I've told many stories about how God's Word has saved me in difficult situations and told me how to live. And I, was, I thought about one this morning. Many, many years ago, before I got married and before Mr. McKelvey got married, we were living, we were young Christians and we were living in a farmhouse across from Musser Nursery. And that farmhouse doesn't even exist anymore. But we were there and we had another couple guys there with us. We had this young guy who had been in some trouble and somebody asked us if we could let him come and live in the house with us. And so we said, okay, okay. And, and so one day this guy, this young kid, took my acoustic guitar without asking me and put a great big scratch in it. And then when I found the guitar and I found out what had happened, I was tempted to be so angry with him. But then because, because God had been teaching me through His Word how to live I remembered something I read. It says, Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. And so I said, Okay, I guess I want to be forgiven if I sin against someone, so I'll forgive this guy. And so I said, I, I forgive him in Jesus' name. I forgive him for stealing my guitar, taking my guitar, putting a scratch in it. And so I said, Lord, I not what I feel like doing, but your word tells me how to live, so I'm going to try to do it. Well, a few days later, I was working for a gas company out near Dayton at the time. And I was working, I was working on maps, most boring job in the world. I'd, I'd have to spread out a big map on my desk, had a bottle of India ink, black ink, and I would take a pen, I'd have to dip the pen in the ink at the time, and I'd have to make very precise little numbers about where the gas wells were. And so it was the most boring job. And one day I'm sitting there, and I'm working on a map, and it's the only copy of the map that the company had. And I fall asleep and knock over the ink, and black ink spreads over the whole map. The boss wasn't in that day. The boss did not like me anyway. The boss was all, I could tell the boss was just disgusted at me most of the time, probably because I'd been an art major in college. I don't know why. And I was terrified. The next day I'm going to have to tell the boss, I ruined this map, the only one you got. And I was praying that night. I said, Lord, your word says, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. I forgave that guy who scratched my guitar. Please. Please help me and work tomorrow. And so next day I went in, I, I went to the boss and said, I have something I gotta tell you. He goes, What? And I, I thought, this is it, he's gonna fire me on the spot. I said, Well, yesterday I was working on a map and I fell asleep and I spilled a whole bottle of India ink on it. He said, Oh, that's okay. We'll figure something else out. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. He, he forgave me. He forgave me. God's Word is a treasure because it shows us how to live. I would never have known to forgive that kid who scratched my guitar if I hadn't read that in God's Word. And over and over in my life, God has proven that to be true. He, when I obey God's Word, even if it seems contrary to what I think I should do, He always has blessed me. It, it, God's Word tells us all kinds of things. 
God's Word tells us what is the cause of our anger. We think anger is caused by other people doing stuff to us. No. In James it says you want something and don't get it. And so you quarrel and fight and have anger. And that has helped me so many times when I have been tempted to anger. God has helped me to say, wait a minute, stop for a second and think, what is it that I want right now that I'm not getting? Oh, I want this other person to do this. Oh, I want Christy to do this. And God's Word has changed me so many ways. God's Word says, here's how you have joy. Because I want joy. Here's how you have joy. Give money to the poor. Give money to the Lord. Give thanks in all things. Praise God for, because He causes all things to work together for good to those who love Him. Bless others. Serve others. Now that seems crazy to me. I would not normally think in my life the way to have joy is by serving others. But God's Word has filled my life with so much joy, and I, I just want you guys to have that joy all through your lives. Well, real quickly, how do we open this treasure? How do we enjoy it? Jeremiah fifteen sixteen says, Your words were found, and I ate them. Your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart, for I am called by Your name, O Lord God of hosts. Your words were found. First of all, your words. We need to believe that the Bible is God's Word. And it says, your, your words were found and I ate them. In other words, I took them in. I took in God's words, not just man's ideas. Someone had told me, this is the Word of God. When I was a young Christian, someone says, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. I believe that the Bible was God's Word. And it says, your words were found and I ate them. Now at youth camp, I showed a, a short video of a cow chewing a cud. That was probably the highlight of youth camp, I'm sure. Um, we just showed these cows. And I read this thing by a farmer. It said, you drive by a farm, you see cows just chewing all day long. And this video was a cow chewing... But cows have four parts to their stomach, or four stomachs. And what they do is they take the grass or whatever they eat, and they chew on it for a while, and then they swallow it. And the video showed the cow swallowing. But then it goes into one part of their stomach, and it, that does its job on it, helps digest it. But then, for cows, it comes back up, and they chew on it more. And then they, after a long time, they swallow it and goes into the second part of their stomach. And so on until it goes through all four, and so they're chewing and chewing and chewing. And that's a sort of a picture of what it means to meditate on God's Word. We take it, we read it, we chew on it, we think about it, we take it in, we bring it back and think about it more. The Holy Spirit at times will bring God's Word to our minds even when we're not thinking, if we've been reading it regularly and taking it in. So your words were found, and I ate them. And then it says, your words became to me a joy. Your word became to me a joy. It doesn't happen necessarily right away. When Sometimes I read the Word of God in the morning, and it doesn't strike me at that moment. 
But it, it becomes to me a joy over time. The Holy Spirit brings it back into my life. Another, I remember another time when I was living on the farm with Tim McKelvey. I, I was working at a store and there was this very uh, attractive young lady there. She was not a Christian and she lived just down the road from the farmhouse. And, and uh, one day she says, Hey, would you like to come over? Why don't you come over to my house? And uh, we can go horseback riding. And I was very tempted. But then God's Word came to my mind. And it was, it was talking about not getting into temptation with young ladies. And it says, it's said in this particular proverb, it says, do not even go near the door of her house. And I started to think about that. And I was meditating on that. And I was thinking, okay, well, if I go over there and I go to her door, I'll knock on her door and then she'll say, come in, and then maybe we'll wind up sitting on the couch together, and then who knows, you know, one thing might lead to another. I might fall into sin, and so I didn't go horseback riding with her. I, I graciously was able to say it, you know, and, and I, wasn't, I didn't say anything mean to her or anything. I just said, I just thanks for asking me, but I can't do that. And God's Word, I believe, saved me from potential sin. God's Word, we take God's Word, it became for me a joy. And so if you're reading God's Word and you go home, you read it tomorrow and you say, boy, this just didn't seem real exciting to me. Well, keep it up. Keep reading. It'll become a joy. And I, I shared at youth camp how when I first started to play guitar, it didn't even make sense to me. I couldn't, I couldn't my fingers didn't want to go where they were supposed to go especially an F chord, which F chord was so hard, you know. But at, at first it was like, How? but you won't go where I say to go. You know, and it took me months and months, and finally, eventually, I got to, you know, where I could just change chords real easy, you know, and it, God's playing guitar became for me a joy. It didn't just happen automatically and that's the way it is with God's word it's a treasure that will become a joy in your life and God wants you to have that so I just want to encourage you try to start taking regular time with God's word for me the best time is in the morning first thing when I get up get a cup of coffee and sit down with God's Word. Some people, it's better, they're, they're too tired in the morning and evening is better, whatever. But if I can just encourage you to regularly try to get in God's Word, even if it's just for five minutes a day. Five minutes. And if anybody in this room, you know, if, if you are not on some kind of regular basis reading God's Word, I just would encourage you. God's Word is a treasure God reveals Himself through His Word, and God wants to bless every single one of us with joy. So let's pray. Lord, we thank You. Thanks for this great group of folks here this morning. Thank You, Lord, that for the way they listened. And, and uh, just it's encouraging to me, Lord, just to see their interest in You and Your Word. We just pray, Lord, You'd give us more. Give me. Give us more and more of a love for your word. And help us, Lord, to see your word as a treasure. 
We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.